Welcome to The Wisdom Show, a gathering place for the world's leading experts in the fields of human potential, spirituality, personal development, health, relationships, and more. Join us as we evolve together to the highest expression of our lives. And now, your host, Gene Swan. Welcome, everyone. Are you ready to discover your lost, forgotten, and even unknown human abilities? Quantum Touch is a form of hands-on healing, which Alternative Medicine Magazine calls a significant breakthrough in hands-on healing, an essential and valuable skill for every layperson and professional practitioner. And Dr. Norm Sheely, president of the American Holistic Medicine Association and future guest on this program, has said that Quantum Touch is the first technique that may truly allow us all to become healers. Our special guest today is Richard Gordon, a visionary and pioneer with 35 years experience in the field of energy medicine. Richard is the best-selling author of Quantum Touch, The Power to Heal, now in 17 languages. Welcome, Richard. We're looking forward to learning a new definition of what it means to be human. Hey, my pleasure, and thank you for having me. So, Richard, what are these unknown and lost abilities that we have as humans that we haven't been in touch with and that now, through Quantum Touch and other methods, we're able to reconnect with that power that we have to heal? Well, let's consider... A fundamental assumption of the scientific method is that the experimenter is not going to be able to affect his test group with his thoughts. We can clearly show that you can affect the outer reality with your thoughts. Now, they like to put that down and call it magical thinking and other such terms, and most of them refuse to even examine this. But I can show now with these new abilities that were that I came across um, a few years ago, but had actually come across a lot earlier than that, that we can do healing about three to five times faster than I ever knew, even when I wrote my book, without even touching people. And one of the easiest ways to measure this is to untwist a person's hips in a few seconds while they're standing without touching them. And you can do a whole room full of people, like 100 people simultaneously in maybe 15 seconds and untwist their hips and it stays permanently untwisted. There are so many things we can do. That's just the tip of the iceberg on accelerating the healing process and allowing people's own bodies to heal faster. Now, there are principles that you use in Quantum Touch and you're bringing scientific credibility to hands-on healing. Can you explain that for us? What are the principles behind how it works and then how is that bringing credibility to it? Sure. What we're doing is we're using the life force energy that the Indian yogis call prana and the Chinese call chi and Dr. Beverly Rubix found 76 words different cultures were using to describe that life force energy, that which differentiates someone living from someone not living. And what we do is we, to start off, we use breathing and body awareness exercises and techniques to raise our own vibration of the energy. Then through a process of resonance and entrainment, the person you're working on matches the vibration of the practitioner's hands or energy field that we're putting out. And then their body's own intelligence or spiritual intelligence does the healing they need for themselves. In other words, I don't heal anybody else. Our definition of a great healer is someone who is sick and got well, a great healer is someone very sick and got well quickly. Because I can't heal anybody else. Their cells heal themselves. So that's it. We're working with the body's own intelligence system to accelerate the healing process. 
using the life force energy and it becomes a very easy process for people to learn and to be able to use. And about three years ago is when I discovered a way to work much faster, which uses the same principles as before. It's just we can work faster and more elegantly with more precision. So all of the holistic modalities use the principle that the body heals itself. So anything mm-hmm. that's holistic does that. So you are doing that in, in this form of quantum touch. Um, so it's the body's own ability to heal. And what you're doing is working with the energy fields to get it back to the frequency that it needs to be at to heal. Right? The body seems to respond very well to certain frequencies of vibration. Now, for the traditional scientists, they don't like this kind of talk because the energy that I'm working with is not measurable using equipment that we have. But the impact of the energy is very measurable. In other words, you cannot get a meter that measures the life force energy coming off your hands. But what you can do is you can measure the changes to their posture, to their blood, to their uh, levels of pain that they're experiencing and, and such like this. So these are the things that, that are measurable, the impact of the energy, but not the energy itself, because I really believe that the energy in itself is a spiritual energy, and therefore it, you can't weigh spirituality. You can't measure spirituality. You can only experience it. Haven't the discoveries in quantum physics given credence to what you're doing? It's just that it's not totally embraced yet, right? Well, in a theoretical sense, you're exactly correct. So when the observe, when they have a particle um, going through a single slit and it appears as a particle, but it goes through multiple slits and go and appears as a wave, they call that the observer effect. And what they see is that the observer can actually affect whether it's seen as particle or wave. But that's highly um, technical, and it's only happening on a quantum or subatomic level. And what I'm showing is gross effects that take place in the meta world, the larger world. And a lot of the physicists don't understand how quantum effects, which are non-intuitive in most regards, like non-local reality where everything's happening simultaneously everywhere, how that impacts or or shows up in the real world that we experience. And what I have is a very clear, fast, obvious, empirical demonstration that consciousness is affecting matter and not some hypothetical thing, but something that anybody can, who just has two eyeballs can actually look at in real time and can learn to do. And it becomes clear that it's not due to any kind of psychological mechanism, hypnosis or placebo, because it's working on people who are under general anesthesia, on infants, on animals, and plants, and even minerals in some cases, we're able to show effects of this work. So how can people get reconnected with their life force energy that is so powerful that you speak of and that is really bringing the energy and the intention to have the healing happen within the body? It's really easy. We've got... Uh, my Quantum Touch book or online video training or um, live workshops around the world where people first learn to use basic breathing and body awareness exercises and then linking the breathing, body awareness exercises, and their love together. And then 
put their hands on someone, or especially using a very complicated method called the where does it hurt technique, where you put your hands where the problem is, and then watch the symptoms shift. And when I was lecturing and traveling around the world, giving endless talks and workshops before I had as many teachers as we do now, I was telling people that they'll be able to see that they can move bones back into alignment with a light touch before lunch break or their money back. And no one ever failed. No one ever failed to do this. It's, it's such a basic human skill. But typically, the pain in the room would go down radically even before lunch break, often you know, 50% or more, just in the first sessions that first day students were giving each other. So you mentioned the uh, the special offer that you have. Let's let people know that if they want to learn to do this for themselves, their families, or even as a health practitioner, uh, you have a program with a generous discount being offered today. Can you tell us what they will receive in that? They do get the uh, the seminar where they where you totally take them through the whole process of how this works. Okay, now we should have talked about this before, but I wasn't let in on exactly what products we're offering. So if you oh, okay. mention the products, I'll describe them. Yes, we have the Quantum Touch, the Power to Heal book. You have mm-hmm. the video workshop. Okay. And then you have How to See and Perceive Energy. Oh, wow. That's a great program. Yes. Okay. The book is, is truly the manual, and it's got all the information in it that you need to be able to do Quantum Touch work. It's, like you said before, it's in 17 languages, and it's really clear step-by-step guide to work with. The online video training is an actual workshop that I taught where I guide people through the lessons in the book step by step. So I'll say, okay, take 15 minutes, practice this exercise with somebody else, then turn the video back on, and I answer all the questions. A lot of people have learned to use the work from the video. And because so many people have been interested in developing their intuitive skills, a man named Alan Harriet videotaped a workshop that was really wonderful, a lot of people have enjoyed, called How to See and Perceive Energy. And he works with a few different people on the video showing them how to take their current skill level and up it. And there's some very important lessons and information in that that help everybody to who has an inclination or desire to learn how to develop their seeing and perceiving. He started practicing seeing energy when he was in high school and took him years and years of understanding before he could become really competent at it. But he is one of the few people I've met who was very competent at seeing, and I used to test people all the time. And he passed my test with flying colors. And by the way, almost no one passed my test. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so it's quite amazing that people can, can learn this so easily through the, the DVDs and the um the online seminars that you provide for this so people can do this themselves. I understand that Dr. Norm Shealy, a pioneer in energy medicine and pain in particular, tested your work on his most difficult chronic pain patients, and you had some amazing results. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah. Um, Elmer Green, the founder of kind of like the godfather of biofeedback, contacted Norm Shealy and said, you got to see this guy's work. So Norm invited me out to his place in uh, Springfield, Missouri. And first he had me working on his, his secretary, accountant, nurses, and such, and taking away all their pain. And then an 80, I'm like about a 90-year-old woman who was walking with a walker. And I worked on her for a few minutes, and she was sprinting across the floor at about one mile an hour without her walker, saying, I can walk comfortably now. And I said, Norm, are you impressed? And he said, no. <laughs> I said, well... You know, everything was very successful today. It isn't always working that well. What's it going to take to impress you? 
He said, well, you know, I think some of those people might have liked you a little bit. I think some of those people might have even been open to what you were doing. I want to see how this works on my most difficult chronic pain patients, people with 20 and 30 years of constant chronic pain who have never been helped by any traditional or alternative therapy. He said, I don't have to do double blinds on everything, double blind experiments, but I do have to make the test so rigorous, I can't believe anything but the outcome. Oh, okay. So the next day I taught him and his people how to start running the energy with quantum touch. And they were able to, um, we did these group quantum touch sessions on every one of these difficult chronic pain patients. Everybody experienced between a 30 and 70% reduction of pain from a single quantum touch session. But that's not what impressed him most. He was more impressed, and he called me up like a week and a half after I got back home to say, oh my God, every one of the people that we worked on is still experiencing pain relief. And that really impressed him. But he was even more impressed that I was able to affect um, people's brainwave activity at a distance more dramatically than he'd ever seen from any of the tests he'd done before. He had tested Olga Worrell and all these famous healers over the years to see if they could affect brainwaves, him being a neurosurgeon by training. And I had the most dramatic effect he'd ever observed. So he said, Richard, do you realize you're a world-class healer? I said, Norm, it's a basic human skill. Everybody can learn. He said, well, you either have the healthiest ego of any healer I've ever met <laughs> or the best act. Oh, Norm. It's... Anyway, <laughs> he called me a couple of weeks later to say that he had tested all his people that I had trained, and everyone was able to affect brainwaves at a distance. I said, extraordinary. Isn't that amazing that all your staff happen to be world-class healers? All right. He said, don't rub it in. But the point being that these are truly basic human skills that everybody can learn. And if I do have a gift, it's in being creative, deciphering the real information from all the ritual, and being able to teach people clearly and easily so people can learn it. What I love is that you do present it as anyone can do this, and it's very simple. And yeah. in this day and age when people need to empower themselves for their own health and not put it into the hands of systems that don't work, uh, I think there, I can't think of anyone who wouldn't want to know how they can help themselves. Well, as long as you're not a sociopath, it would really make sense <laughs> that you'd want to help people that you love. Yes, absolutely. And so, uh, and most things that are genius are actually very simple. How did you come across it in your path and then go on to teach this to people around the world? Well, back in 1978, a few months before my book was going into print, I went to a workshop that summer with a man named Robert Rasmussen. He had been practicing a technique he didn't even bother naming. He had discovered it on his own, and he'd been using it for over 20 years. This was the first workshop he ever gave. And at the workshop, here's this heavy set man around 50 years old and he's telling these tall tales like oh yeah the time the child broke his leg and you know an hour later he could walk and run around the swimming pool again and and there was a time that the tumor dissolved under my hands and there was a time and he said oh yeah bones just roll back into alignment and I'm, I'm thinking this guy's so full of it <laughs> and then he demonstrated on a friend of mine and i'd never really looked at her carefully before, but when we lo examined her back, we saw that she had a major scoliosis going on. And she stood there in front of the room, and he just touched her hips, and the hip rolls back into alignment, and he touched her occipital ridge, and just like, 
just melted back into alignment, and he started going up and down her spine, and the spine started straightening out. In about 10 minutes or so, he had straightened her out, maybe 50% or more. And he said, well, that, that's just what I do. And just as casually and nonchalant as ever, and in the course of the day, I saw I could barely, and I had him check my work, and yeah, you did it, you, you adjusted that. And then I happened to be his neighbor, and I became friends with him, and we'd go over to his house a few times or more a week, and in the evening, and just hang out and pick his brain, and eventually took over in his retirement briefly, and then broke off and created Quantum Touch, as I wanted the work to evolve, and have brought it out into the world. Right. So you, and then now you're on to some new discoveries even oh, since yeah. then. Can you tell us about the exciting new things where you've accelerated this work even further? Yeah. It was about three years ago. I was having dinner with some friends, and my friend said to me, one of my friends said, Hey, why don't you show this woman how you can adjust her hips? You know, because she won't, you know, she's never seen anything like that. Okay, sure. So she, she she stands up, and I'm there, and he says, you know, I bet you can do that without touching. I said, you think so? He said, yeah, I'll give it a try. Well, I already knew how to do it. I just didn't know that I knew. And so I made the effort and did it, and her hips just instantly rolled back, and I was like, oh, my God. I tested it thousands of times after that. Every day I was like, look for five or ten people to try it on. I couldn't. I just had to see it over and over and over again. And I tested it in situations like, like I was in a room full of doctors and chiropractors, and I would do it in front of them, and I'd be nervous, like, oh, God, I hope it works. And it worked anyway. I did it in front of a room at a, a bill conference where I just got on stage, and I yelled out, is there a chiropractor in the house? And a woman comes up on stage with me, and I said, who's got a bad back? Come on up here. And we got a bunch of people up there. And then I had the woman at the chiropractor measure everybody and adjusted them. Now, the reason I like to talk about the adjustment isn't because it's the most interesting thing about quantum touch, just to give you a background on this. It's because it's something visible and measurable that I can do that's considered impossible. We can work on organ systems, glands, pain, you name it. We can accelerate the body's healing process. Anyway, so I discovered this ability, and once I discovered it, a friend of mine who's a scientist, Chris Duffield, uh, commented, he said, Richard, it's as if you've discovered a new human operating system, and now we're discovering all the apps. And as Chris was using it more and more, he said the thing he likes most about it is that it works even when you know it won't. Right. Because it's not about your belief. It's not about their belief. It's about the energy doing the work. Well, once I found this new way of running energy, we recognized that it was working approximately three to five times faster than traditional quantum touch. But it makes a difference that you actually know the basic work because then you know how to generate the body awareness and the breath and work them together because we're still using body awareness and breath. We're just using it in a totally different kind of way. Right, so um, doing the healing without touching, again, mm -hmm. goes back to quantum physics and how we are all energy and all connected. So exactly. basically, it, it's communication without a signal. Well, whether there is a signal or not is, is up for theoretical speculation. But the bottom line is being able to do something that's visible and measurable in seconds is empirically obvious. And... 
you can't argue with empiricism. Right. So it works whether you're touching the person or not, which shows it is the energy which is doing the work, and it will do it at any distance. And as you say, you don't even even if you're not believing it, it's still working. It works if you don't believe it. It works if you're cynical and skeptical. It just works because we're working with some very real principles that function in the world. And just because a lot of scientists are unwilling to even allow their mind to even go to this place doesn't mean it isn't true. So, for, for example, I was at a conference in Tucson called Tour to Science of Consciousness. My friend Chris, the scientist, made a sign for me. And the sign said, Consciousness affects matter. Free demo. And some scientist comes up and he, he has his arms folded across his chest and he's looking at me cross-eyed and says, Okay, what do you got here? And I said, well, I'm going to demonstrate that I can straighten out your posture to some extent without touching you. He said, well, that's impossible. I said, great, hold that thought. <laughs> so and I measure him as a, get a, a pre and post idea of what's going on. I said, oh, my God, your hips are farther out than maybe anybody I've ever measured. They were really twisted. So the left side was super high in the front and the right side was super high in the back because the pelvis can get twisted that way. And... Then I stood back for a few seconds, did my little thing, and measured him again. Okay, now you're completely even, like 10 seconds later. He said, he said, well, th that couldn't have happened. I said, well, do you consider yourself an empirical scientist or faith-based? Well, empirical, of course. Well, he, I said, he said, well, of course. He said, you used reverse psychology on me. And I said, well... As an empirical scientist, why don't you watch me do this on five or ten more people and see if I'm using reverse psychology? He says, if I let myself believe this just happened, everything I know about science would fall like a house of cards. Well, as an empirical scientist, don't you want to let the cards fall where they will? Hmm. He thought about it for a moment and he said, not today. And he walked away. Because the idea that your mind is affecting the outer reality is is truly scientific blasphemy because it is so far outside the box of what they consider possible that most of them will refuse to look at it and they will immediately jump to the conclusion that I'm either a fool or a fraud. Well, well, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who's going to be on this show uh, soon, has said that he believes it will be accepted scientifically in 10 to 20 years uh, because it is working and it can't be yeah. ignored. And also I've heard other people say, you know, it's not in the books yet. It takes time for this information to get into the books for, for the medical schools or whatever schools oh, to teach it. So that's where the lag is, um, supposedly, in, in people accepting the information. Dr. Oz said he believes that energy and the use of energy and healing is the next big frontier of medicine over the next 10 years. But he said because they have been unable to measure this energy, they've been reluctant to use it. But that seems pretty silly to me because if you've got empirically obvious results happening all the time, why would you be hesitant just because you can't measure the thing? Right. Well, people are using it and accepting it, embracing it, even if the traditional medical field isn't yet. Yeah. It's being embraced by people because they want to be empowered. What are some of the other amazing um, stories that you might have had? I know that you have said that it's just astounded you at what you are finding with this. 
Well, one of the first things that I saw was somebody had let this rabbit loose in my house. It was really cute. It was Easter time, and the rabbit was jumping around everywhere, and I thought it was really lovely, until I realized there's pellets all over the carpet, and that just won't do. (laughs) So I cornered the rabbit, captured it, and it was trembling under my hands. I thought, well, this would be an interesting time to try to run energy into the rabbit, and the rabbit relaxed, stopped trembling within a few seconds. Then it stretched its body out, so its front paws were really far forward and the back were really far back, and then it pushed against my hands, flipped itself over on its back so my hands were on its tummy, and it was laying there like it was sunning itself on the beach in Hawaii. (laughs) And that just astounded me. Then I had another experience immediately after where a woman had been completely hunched over with osteoporosis, and I was doing a demonstration to a group of people, had her put a shirt on backwards. Her spine looked like dinosaur bones. They were all sticking out so much and distorted patterns. And in an, about an hour and a quarter, she was standing up completely straight. At that moment, her daughter burst in the room, burst out crying. Oh, my God, Mommy, you're standing up straight. And it was such a shock to my system. I almost took it away from myself, saying, oh, that didn't happen. It was so shocking. My teacher had a gallbladder attack. And the doctors wanted to yank out the gallbladder because when your only tool is a hammer, you tend to see life as a nail. And I worked on him for about an hour and a quarter, and he got up, took a shower. I didn't see him again after that for about 14 years. And when I did run into him, I was informed that he had never had any more problems with his gallbladder for the rest of his life, actually. And then um, I asked my students at my workshops to tell me what's been happening for them and making a lot of videos out of these. So the woman who was told she'd be dead, you know, be blind and in a wheelchair in six months, completely recovered from her um, rheumatoid arthritis that was crippling her. Um, and she's out walking the dog miles a day without any symptoms. And the woman who had bowed, was born with bowed legs, and the first day students of a quantum touch class work on her, and she comes home and she realizes her legs are straightened out. Uh, the woman with plantar fasciitis and heel spurs, you know, has that disappear, and the woman working on her aunt who has, the doctor say she has to have her leg amputated, and every time the doctor diagnoses, he changes the diagnosis, well, it's got to be taken off from the knee down, well, now it has to be taken off from the ankle down, well, now we've got to lose the foot, well, the foot, you know, and each time she works it, it just keeps getting better and better. I mean, we can go on and on. The, the guy who's friend broke her baby toe and the baby toe is bigger than the big toe all discolored and within you know an hour the toe is gone back to size and the woman's wanting to go out dancing that night and the stories just go on and on and we don't know the limits of what's possible and i think to me that's one of the most exciting places to be in in your life a point of discovery where you don't know what's possible and you keep redefining the possible Right. And you're doing that. You have a new book that's going to be coming out. I'm sure everyone wants to know when that's coming out and how they can take this work to the next level. Well, the book is called Quantum Touch, The New Human, Discovering and Becoming. It'll be out in February of next year. And um, it describes the level two quantum touch work. It gives a little background on how to do the level one work so that people can get up to speed even if they haven't taken the course. And it lets you do this new stuff more powerfully than ever before. And my last book's in 17 languages. I think this new one's going to just completely eclipse the last in terms of its, its power and effectiveness because these human abilities not only 
redefine what we can do in terms of healing and the speed of healing, but it redefines what it means to be a human being because our love is actually a real force that changes the outer reality. And this makes it empirically obvious to anyone who's willing to take the time and examine that. Right. That love is the core of healing. Yeah. The old songs that used to say, love is all you need, were <laughs> actually correct. Um, so, and that is something that is, well, it hasn't been in the consciousness for, you know, for many decades, but it really is coming out into the open now that love and the heart are the core of our being, the basis of healing. Well, I wrote it in my first Quantum Touch book, The Heart of Healing is the Heart, and that's where it comes down to. Right. Richard, is there something you can share with us that would give us an experience of Quantum Touch? Sure. If you're not driving or operating heavy machinery, as they like to say, if you can hold that one finger and see... If you put all your attention into your finger, if you can change the sensation of that finger. So maybe breathe through that finger a little bit as if your breath was going through it. See if you can feel how the skin wraps around the finger. Yes. See if you can feel how the blood is pulsing through the finger. Maybe you can feel the bones inside your finger or the tendons in the finger. Perhaps you can feel how the fingernail connects to the back of the finger feel underneath the fingernail. Then perhaps imagine you have a small, a little feather and you're stroking your finger with a feather and see if you can feel where you're stroking the finger with a feather. And now breathe through that finger more. Just really bring your awareness through that finger. See if you can increase the sensation by using your breath into that finger. Now, what do you feel in the finger? Is there any vibration, tingling, buzzing, pulsing, heat, cold, any kind of sensation at all, and you did it well? Now, we work with people who don't feel sensation, too, and they can succeed at this work. But what we're going to do is we're going to learn how to activate sensation through the entire body. So your whole body is buzzing and vibrating because... In quantum touch, what we learn to do is we raise the vibration of the practitioner higher and higher and higher. And then, through entrainment, the other person matches the vibration of the practitioner, and then the body intelligence does the healing. So first thing is, you work on yourself. So a physician, Dr. Jerry Pittman, wrote, in its elegance, quantum touch first provides healing to the practitioner, which is exactly correct. And by the way, no one ever becomes tired or drained as a result of doing this work. Unlike some other modalities, one of which I used to be involved in, which is polarity therapy, which if people got into their ego, they could get tired or drained from doing the sessions. We always had people rinse their hands afterwards, kind of wash off static energy. And now it's not a problem because what happens is we continue to lift ourselves throughout the session higher and higher and higher. And we allow them to come up and match us, but we're never coming down to them. So empathic healing is one you see in the movies a lot where, oh, I guess, you know, and it's in so many movies where the, quote, healer becomes tired or drained and maybe even risks their life to help the person. And, you know, it's very Hollywood-esque, very dramatic. Um, you know, the drama queens. And we don't have to go there at all. All we do is just keep lifting ourselves higher and higher to hold the highest frequency possible and allowing them to come up and match us. Similarly, 
if someone falls in the well, you could climb in the well with them, and if you both yell for help, you'd be twice as loud, right? <laughs> or you could throw them a rope. And what we're doing is we're lifting ourselves higher and higher and letting them just elevate out of it effortlessly. Just as they say on an airplane, a parent should put the mask over themselves before their child because they can't help their child if they're not helping themselves. And a lot of healing modalities do drain the practitioner, and they really have to be careful about that. So um, one thing I'm curious about is because I do Reiki, and I know mm-hmm. that, that this um, uh, accelerate. I've heard that it accelerates um, the effect of Reiki. How is it different since you're using life force energy and intention in both? Yeah. Well, first off, there's no symbols or attunements. So I don't have anything to give you that you don't already have within yourself. That's for starters. Secondly, there's no set hand positions. Then um, what we do is the practitioner is actually working throughout the session. They're not just allowing the Reiki energy or the energy to move and do its work. You're actually working. You're doing breathing. You're doing body awareness exercises. You're actively activating your own love as you're doing this work. And then another difference is that we see phenomena that are not recorded in Reiki, such as like being able to adjust a person's posture in seconds while they're standing. Another thing is that I interviewed about 50 Reiki masters one time, and I said, I had a whole room full of them. It wasn't really like I was sitting down one by one. I said, how many of you ever feel tired or drained at the end of a session? And about half of the people raised their hands. And that just doesn't happen with quantum touch. So these are the primary differences. And Reiki masters, we've had tons of them who've become instructors and practitioners of this work. They have nicknamed it turbocharging the Reiki or Reiki empowerment or Reiki on steroids, one guy said. (laughs) And it just becomes a very elegant, fast, easy way of working. And I'd say the majority of Reiki people have continued doing their Reiki, but they're also doing quantum touch simultaneously with their Reiki. Others have just dropped away at Reiki and just weren't interested in it anymore. Um, It doesn't matter to me where people go with it as long as they're using the energy because when you've learned how to accelerate and work with this energy you've really become empowered and then you can become you know a tremendous holder of this of this work and care for people as never before we can take a few phone calls today the number to call is 619-324-7282 people have asked me to give it a few more times so it's 619-324-7283. 619-324-7283. That's 619-324-7283. And please mute the sound on your computer when you call. We're going to be not talking about specific health issues, but just some general principles about quantum touch that you may have for Richard. Richard, you mentioned that the practitioner in quantum touch first raises their own vibration. Can you tell us a few of the ways that you teach people to do that, that people can just raise their own vibration quickly? Well, this is what happens when we did the finger exercise. You were really raising the vibration of your finger because you were bringing a lot of body awareness and breath together. And so what people learn to do is they learn to activate their whole body like we did the finger. And they learn to do it smoothly and powerfully with specific breathing techniques and that will raise your vibration so for instance a lot of people who become 
who happen to be very empathic may walk into a room that's distressing, such as a courtroom or something or a, a place where people are suffering a lot, a prison or something, and just feel miserable when they come in there because they're matching the vibration of the people in the room. And what they can do is they can use the breathing and body awareness for, you know, 30 seconds or a minute or something and just raise the whole vibration of the room. So the room has to match you. You don't have to match the room. Because the, whoever's holding the highest frequency has the uh, greatest impact. And so if you're holding a higher vibration, everybody has to start coming up to match you. Right, and that is what Quantum Touch does, which is a such a wonderful part of it. We have Emily, who's calling from, I believe, Canada. Emily, what's your question for Richard Gordon? Hello, Emily? Uh, and yes, I'm here. Okay. Um, I have, I, I came up with excruciating pain in the drumstick of each of the thumbs, so the corner of the palm of your hand where the thumb connects. I have not been able to find a practitioner to relieve that pain. It is sometimes so severe I can't even pick up a pencil. Hmm, that's that's painful. Well, yes. Yeah, um, we do have practitioners all around Canada and the United States and many other countries, like fifty countries around the world. Um, and you could try going there. I can't, you know, diagnose or prescribe anything for you. Because that would be illegal, but I misunderstood the purpose of this call. I apologize. Oh, it's good. Um, what what I can try doing is take a few seconds, see if I can send you a little bit of energy. I'm not sure it's going to do much, but I'll give it a try for a moment here. I will connect with that. Hold on a second. Let me just kind of get into the frequency and the vibration I wanted to find. There we go. Okay, the energy's moving there. Can't try to keep it short because I don't want to take up everybody's time while I'm doing it. I really should spend another few minutes, but why don't you move the thumbs around a little bit, see if that's any different. We had some sort of a a spot because I immediately had. I'm still having an emotional release. Yeah, so yeah that happened. We're we're on the space. Okay, good, good. Okay, thank you. And so I will try and just hold the energy there and breathe into it as you were instructing. Yeah, just just keep and feel the emotions and let out the anger, let out the hurt. Just let yourself feel it all because that pain is probably emotional. And this is a really important topic that it comes up about the emotional issues too. Thank you so much, Emily. And we're hoping that this great energy is going to help you. So, Richard, when people do people have an emotional release with the quantum yeah. touch work? And then what do, you, what do you tell them? Okay. Typically in a workshop, at least a third of the people were experiencing some kind of emotional release from the work, and it's a very natural part of it. And so when I was working on her thumbs, it brought up the pain that was behind the pain, the emotional pain that was um, was truly going on. And it brings up a whole other side of my work, which I call self-created health. Because back in 1980, I woke up with severe flu symptoms one morning, gurgling, chest cough, 
terrible sore throat, bones aching, fever, all that kind of stuff. And I had just heard from a teacher I was working with that all physical illness was a re- reflection of emotional experiences that we didn't let ourselves feel. So I started looking to see what I was feeling emotionally, and I finally figured out that somebody had said something very humiliating in front of some other people, and I didn't let myself feel that at the time. And so when I started feeling that emotional pain, I could start accessing all my emotions, and it was very powerful. And I started crying and getting angry and just releasing the intensity. An hour later, I was sitting in the sun, drinking a cup of coffee, thinking, oh, my God, I was sick this morning. In four years after that, I had developed an interrogative way of helping people discover emotional cause. And then 25 years after that, I figured out a whole system for discovery and release and transformation of the emotions. And we call the system self-created health. And it allows people to find and release the intensity of the emotional causes. And when they get through the remorse and into the forgiveness, it causes a massive wave of self-love to occur that cannot even be contained. It just brings people into their spirituality to feel that much love. And not only do symptoms go away, but people feel grateful for having had the condition because it shows them how they had stopped loving. So it's something that um, I've been teaching, and now we're getting some teachers beginning to teach it around the world as well. And the energy work works right around 90% of the time or maybe a little bit more to, to shift the symptoms and but what happens is sometimes it's just not enough sometimes we want to learn things from the condition and not just have the symptoms go away in which case i really think that the emotional process work is the key because that the body is showing us things through the condition that we want to grow and learn from so the combination of the energy work and the emotional work are just phenomenal and since I'm not teaching it, but I really think that the lifestyle issues are extremely important. The diet and exercise and, and so forth are really important, but it's not my area of teaching at this time. But if you can handle the emotions and the energy work, then you you can get away with a lot more in terms of lifestyle. Right. Um, I'm going to give that number one more time, 619 324 Eight, three, and please turn the sound on mute for your computer. We have a question coming in in the chat room for Richard, which is, is quantum touch effective to help treat addictions? I have trouble with food and have learned that I wear my weight as protection. I would say that the emotional work is generally more effective for addictions, but quantum touch can help people over the, the hump when they're trying to break their addiction. So, for instance, I gave a session to a friend a couple days ago who was deeply addicted to cigarettes. Now, my friend Chris had given a session working on a part of the brain that lights up from addiction, and he worked on this woman for about three minutes, and she just lost her interest in cigarettes. And she didn't smoke any for at least a year after he worked on her. I tried this a couple days ago on a friend, and when I worked on him, he felt like, all his interest in cigarettes had just disappeared because he had been feeling it sitting there at the table because you know, we were in a cafe and he can't smoke. And that melted away and he felt incredibly good. But it wasn't enough to get him to stop smoking. I think that the emotional work in conjunction with the energy work, in conjunction with, you know, with other health 
interventions such as, you know, changing diet and cleansing the body and are really useful. However, when a person is craving a cigarette as they're trying to stop, yes, I think a, a five-minute session would do wonders to help them get over that craving in that moment, and that might last for half or, or the whole day. Is it the answer to addiction? It's an answer, but I don't think it's the answer. And by the way, this points out that I have an attitude that I neither want to exaggerate or underplay anything that I do. I want to play it right down the line of what I notice to be true. If something seems to work well, I say it. And if it doesn't seem to work well, I like to say that too because I want to know what's true about this work. I'm always hungry to find the information. I was hoping when I did the session on my friend that we could help a person get over and stop smoking cigarettes. It didn't work, but it took him out of the craving for the rest of the day. So maybe that was what the answer was to the question, which is that quantum touch can help a person over the hump when they're wanting to quit. So every time he would want to experience craving, yeah, you could do a little quantum touch on him and help him over the hump while his body was getting over the addictive energy. Is it the answer? I don't think so, but I think it's an answer. Right. Um, I want to touch on a few other really important points that you made before, and one was about forgiveness. And I know it's taught in certain schools that, uh, you know, there are beliefs that even cancer is caused from, um, you know, not forgiving. And so there's a lot of research done on this. How important a role do you find that forgiveness plays along with quantum touch? Well, I think that quantum touch stands up in and of itself, and whether people get into forgiveness or not, you can see just totally remarkable transformations happening a lot of the time, actually the vast vast majority of the time. But to get to the deeper healing, it's, forgiveness is essential. And unlike, say, something wonderful like Ho'oponopono, where you just say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I love you, what are you forgiving? I don't know. Well, I'm forgiving that this exists in my reality. But can you really take any responsibility for the fact that it exists in your reality? Well, I don't know. They... You know, these people are violent or crazy or whatever, and I don't feel violent or crazy, so how can I forgive what I don't understand? It's sort of like this. If you pull the bow back really far, the arrow will go a long way. But if you can't find the place within yourself of something really significant to forgive, then you only pull the bow back an inch, and the arrow's going nowhere. What I've done is found a way to to help people release the intensity of the old emotions And only, and only after they've released the intensity, if they want to, they can find the part of themselves that had chosen that reality. Now, people who jump to that step without having released the emotions are doing something totally self-destructive. Because to walk up to somebody and say, so why did you choose to get run over by a truck? That's punch in the nose time. Because it's just mean. But if the person has released the emotions and they've reached the point where they want to look for it, why did I do to attract this situation to myself? I want to know. Okay, now we're ready to examine that question. And by doing the release, people get ready to examine the question, which automatically leads to when you get it that you did this to yourself. That leads to massive remorse. And as one Japanese man said to me when I was there teaching, he said, I feel unforgivable. I said, great, wow, that's heavy-duty remorse. So now you're ready. And he did the forgiveness process, and it transformed. A couple of my students were working with a woman who had been clinically depressed for five years. And they gave her 
homework assignment after their first session with her, which was to start processing this anger and this hurt that she had been feeling, that she had been depressed about all these years, because we have a very elegant way of finding the causative level of these things. She processes it. She comes back, and now it's time for remorse and forgiveness. And she said, I can't do this. It's too painful. I can't possibly go there. And they just held her hand emotionally, saying, you know, dear, you can do this. Just stay with it. Stay with it. And she processes And all of a sudden, after 10, 12 minutes into it, she goes, I can do this. I can do this. And she starts getting into the depth of the the self-forgiveness, which we're really talking about. Not just forgiveness in general, but self-forgiveness. And she gets there. And then she goes into this ecstasy and this unbelievable joy. And she has not felt the need to be depressed since then. It transformed the entire situation. And that's what I like the best, is is that we're not just about removing symptoms, but we're about transforming the whole emotional, psycho-spiritual makeup of the person. And that's the ideal situation. Right. I had a teacher who used to say healing comes from a shift in consciousness. Once the person gets that in the core of it and works it out, they can release that issue forever. Uh, you mentioned addiction, that it helps to some extent. What, what would be some examples of where people wouldn't want to go to t- quantum touch, where it might not work? Well, you know, it's a very hard question because we've pretty much, across the board, heard reports of quantum touch working for pretty much anything that you can throw a stick at. I, don't, I think if a person doesn't want to change, like my friend I saw, he wasn't committed to quitting smoking. He wasn't willing to go through a hump. And I just called him out and said, hey, I want to try out this technique. Will you come meet me? And he said, sure. So I tried it out. But he wasn't committed to getting through it. So I think if a person is not committed and has already decided they want to change an addictive pattern, then it's, you can't fix somebody who hasn't asked to be fixed. Right. You can't work. You can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. Well, he didn't, he's not, he wasn't committed. Like they say, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it do the backstroke. <laughs> right. Well, Richard, what would be some other things you'd like to leave people with as far as the work of quantum touch, the possibilities that we can tap into as humans? What message would you like to leave with people? Well, I think the bottom line is people need to understand that your love is really valuable and that your love actually has impact. And it truly matters. And so much of the messaging we get is exactly the opposite. And if you think back to whoever whoever hurt you the most, they left you with the impression that no matter how much you loved them, it was not good enough. It didn't matter. It didn't have any impact. You couldn't change them. They were suffering no matter how much you loved. And that's who hurts us the most, is the people who don't let your love in. And with quantum touch, we see that it isn't just that your love is not just something that you feel, a sentiment on a Hallmark card, an electrochemical reaction in the brain, or some hypothetical thing that you're feeling you're hoping somebody else feels too, and maybe you're both kind of imagining that you feel it together. It's an actual force that changes the reality. And when people start to value, value their love, and what is the love it's caring and and nurturing and wanting something to heal it's very closely tied into compassion and compassion is not only feeling 
the suffering around you, but wanting to do something to alleviate that suffering. The feeling the suffering is the empathy of it, where you can feel what someone else is going through. But caring enough to want to alleviate the suffering, that's what the compassion is. And if you think in the world, every villain of every story lacked compassion. They didn't care about their emotional impact. They were willing to hurt other people. And everybody in our culture is getting shut down to some extent in their level of compassion because we experience compassion overload. So, for example, can you care about 16 million children starving to death every year? Can you be aware of all the environmental insults that are happening, all the social and political things going on, and all the wars and all the... the Half of all the children on earth are suffering due to war, poverty, or disease. Can we even hold such a thought in our mind? Can we, we no longer live in little tiny tribes of hunter-gatherers. We've got these massive cities with people sleeping on the sidewalk, and it becomes compassion overload. So what I'd really like to see is people waking up to their compassion and no longer voting, you know, is the left correct or is the right correct, but who is the compassionate person? Who is the person is, that isn't after money and power and fame, but wants to have compassionate solutions that really help, help people? In fact, there's a whole line of thinking politically that to be compassionate is weak. To have empathy is wrong because it means you're going to spend money where you didn't have to spend money. And what I see is the transformation that's occurring now is we need to move toward a world that's centered around compassion because it is the only thing that can solve our problems. And people who have no compassion whatsoever are known as psychopaths or sociopaths. And unfortunately, everybody's getting shut down a little bit and some more than others. So what we need to do is continue to wake up our ability to care our ability to feel what's happening and to start impacting it. And quantum touch is a really wonderful solution to help people start to say, hey, I see you're in pain and I care about that enough that I'm going to put my hands on your knee and I'm going to do this breathing and body awareness and we're both going to celebrate when your pain goes down. Right. Where do you think we are in this year 2012 where people are talking about an acceleration, a raising of the consciousness on the planet. And, I mean, if you look at the mainstream media and what's going on, things don't look very promising. But what's your feeling on, are we going through a ship where people are turning more toward compassion? Um, generally, no. But individually, yes. Um, if you look at the mainstream, you don't see any indications that there's a widespread movement. But there are so many individuals that are moving in the right direction. Um, I believe that we will turn the corner the day when the alternatives start becoming mainstream. That will be the indication that we've turned the corner. But right now, it doesn't look like we've turned the corner. In fact, what we see out there is an acceleration of the, the mess. And so, for example, the presidential campaign is not even discussing ecology at this time. It's not even on the table to, be, to talk about that. And we're heading to points where some of the changes 
are near the point of tipping points of irreversibility where one, one ecological system can start impacting another ecological system. We're, we're facing the potential death of the oceans and many other areas where it's incontrovertible based on the evidence that these things are going on and it's not even on the table for discussion because we're talking about jobs and such. So I really feel like it's time for more people to wake up and be the alternative because we can't expect a broken political system to fix itself. Right. Well, let's leave it on a hopeful note. More and more people will uh, learn about quantum touch today through your amazing conversation and hopefully learn to have that compassion and that healing ability that is within all of us. And thank you so much for bringing it back to all of our attention that we are amazing as humans and that we can love and help each other. And we appreciate that. Oh, it's my pleasure, and I really encourage people to explore this because when you discover how valuable and impactful your love is, it changes your life forever. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, we want to thank you for empowering people to take charge of their health so that we don't have to rely on systems that no longer work. If you'd like to learn more about Quantum Touch, go to thewisdomshow.com under special offers and learn to do this yourself. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We look forward to sharing more possibilities with you next time on The Wisdom Show. for joining us. Be sure to visit us at thewisdomshow.com for access to archives of previous shows and special discount packages offered by our world-renowned experts. Thanks to internetaudiohub.com for our state-of-the-art broadcast sound. Internetaudiohub.com is available for all of your internet audio needs. We look forward to joining you next time on The Wisdom Show.